Hello, I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond about their life in the theatre and how they got to be where they are now. My guest is the Sydney Festival director in her first year of her tenure, Olivia Ansel, and the festival is running from the 6th to the 30th of January, spanning 133 events, including 33 world premieres and 52 new commissions over 25 days. Olivia comes from a family of performers. She's a producer, curator, choreographer, artist herself, and now artistic director or director of Sydney Festival. Please welcome Olivia Ansel. Hi, Regina, and thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So much to talk about. So I'm not sure where to start. Where should we start? Should we start at the Speaker's Corner? to have a live music program that that, that that took a nod back to Sydney's past, but, but also with a huge nod looking forward, you know. And uh, Speaker's Corner was an event that, that's run in Sydney since the late 1800s. So it was a freewheeling event every Sunday. It still actually exists um, every Sunday with Steve Maxwell and some of his colleagues that are down there who are the original Speaker's Corner members. But we thought, what about creating a contemporary music club celebrating words and music this summer? It's outdoors, so it's COVID safe. And inviting uh, today and tomorrow's our next generation of, um, of free thinkers, of, of progressive artists with something to say and let them say it in their own words. And, um, and to come on down to Speaker's Corner and hear a broad range of music from indie pop, punk, rock, jazz, big band, soul, Americana, classical. We've even got comedy, we have cabaret, and it's over the whole uh, Sydney Festival program. We have 42 gigs at Speaker's Corner every evening. So is that taking place opposite the gallery, art gallery in New South Wales? It's across the road from Hyde Park, directly in front of St Mary's Cathedral and above Cook and Phillip Park Ah. Uh, you will have your so, so the orientation and it's a really cool design by Elliot Rutledge who's a Sydney-based visual artist and um, the, the event layout has been also designed by Shona Menzies mm. which is paying homage to Speakers Corner but a really uh, futuristic uh, street art way and mm. um, audiences will have their back to St Mary's they'll be they'll be looking south if that makes sense and the, oh, yeah. and the Presidium Arch stage will be facing you and we yeah. have a range of cabaret tables, straight seats, there's food trucks, and um, it'll definitely be what we call a COVID-safe summer hang this January. <laughs> <laughs> Forward thinking always, backup plans. So is it is it so it's predominantly kind of music and performance. It's not someone getting up and like ranting what they think. Like what's the ethos of Speaker's Corner? Uh yes. Well, to to to, to pay homage to Speaker's Corner, every Sunday we have soapbox at Speaker's Corner, which runs from uh. 1.15 to 2.15. Okay. And that is curated by Warren Fahey, who is an oral historian, a well-known oral historian of Sydney. And um, uh, if you go on the website, you can check out all the speakers that, that Warren has uh, gathered together. They include Benito DeFonso, Ronnie Khan, and Nathan Moran from the Aboriginal Metro Land Council. Uh, James Valentine is kicking off the first soapbox at Speakers Corner on Sunday, the mm. 9th of January. And essentially it's free, but ticketed. So you go on the website and um, register your interest and for four Sundays, audiences can turn up. There'll be a host who introduces the proceedings and there'll be three speakers situated at different parts of the precinct. Oh. And uh, audiences are encouraged to go and uh, grab a seat and listen to which speaker that they care to hear from. 
And if, they, if they're not uh, vibing that particular discussion or conversation, they can move to the next speaker. There's a half time and there's a gold bell that's going to ring. So um, we're inviting some of the original speakers, corner colleagues to that as well, including Steve Maxwell. So it'll be a great hang every Sunday at 1.15. Oh, fantastic. What fun. That's low. Sounds like loads and loads of fun. So that are they given a theme? Like what is the or can they just talk about whatever they want? Well, look, there's a range of themes. Uh, Warren has reached out to a range of speakers to find out what it is, what's that burning topic that they want to share. And we have everything from The Rats Must Die, which is a talk around comparing uh, the 1918 to 1920 pandemic to now. There's one around bringing back Vaudible. No, don't let it die. It shouldn't have died. Let's bring Mm. it back. There's also a very interesting discussion around um, what would you do with $50 billion other than buy submarines? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) protect our shores, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so look, there's there's some really interesting topics and uh, depending on which Sunday you attend, there's definitely a lot of fat to chew and a lot of things to talk about. So um, I definitely encourage Sydney Siders to get on the website and check out the full lineup. It sounds like so much fun. So there's there's loads and loads going on. What kind of, um, you know, restrictions have you had to do? Like what international acts? Have you got any international or is it predominantly local? We've had to be really clever. So I should say that this year's festival is indoor, it's outdoor and it's online. And mm. uh, we, we truly are ready for anything. Yeah. And uh, so we're ready for all comfort levels of Sydney siders and, and visitors to Sydney uh, and in terms of what they can and want to experience. And I think it's really exciting to have an at-home program too. If there's mm. one positive thing that's come out of the global pandemic, it is the, it, it's that forward thinking for arts organisations and festivals, venues, theatre companies to think about their digital audience. And uh, particularly for festivals, it gives you this international audience reach Mm. And, and it can really uh, promote the work of Australian artists by having that reach. So we're, that's something that we're really excited about. So I really do encourage people to check out the at home. Um, in terms of international collaborations, we've had to just get really clever. I yeah. will say that Australian artists are already very clever and have been <laughs> very mobile for many years now in, yeah. in their international cross-collaboration, uh, the export of their works that are commissioned by the major festivals initiative here in Australia Many artists are touring those works. They were, I should say, before the pandemic. Um, but, but clever in the way that it's not always about you touring there and, 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 and them touring here. It's, it's around how you collaborate and, and, and the sophistication of that relationship. And to give a couple of examples of that in this year's program, we have Matthew Bertner, the Alaskan composer who specialises in climate change. Uh, he's written two climate change operas to date and he's collaborating with Legs on the Wall, a New South Wales-based physical theatre company mm. for Thor, which is this uh, live performance art installation uh, as a beacon to climate change and the urgency for action. And we're on a, on a 20 metre high crane, we're suspending this block of ice out over Sydney Harbour. This is a collaboration with Sydney Opera House as well, who are co-presenting the work. Mm. And um, four artists in, in, in rotated turns will suspend themselves on the ice, performing on the ice in this durational piece over three days from 11am in the morning till 7.30pm at night. And there's only, um, they're out there for four hours at a time and there's only one five-minute changeover where you won't see a performer on the ice. So just that in itself is quite extraordinary. And and Matthew has composed that score completely collaborating online with Legs on the Wall. So um, sadly, he won't actually able to be here but over the last two years, this is uh, quite a major project they've worked on together. And another example is Ohad Naharan, who uh, is the artistic director of Gaga People, 
he was formerly the artistic director of Batshaver Dance Company and um, Oh Had this choreography will be performed by the Sydney Dance Company at the Drama Theatre in, in, in a work type of Decadance, mm. uh, which is a, a retrospective work of some of Oh Had's most uh, significant choreography and two of OHAD's rehearsal directors, one of which is an Australian dancer turned rehearsal director, Rachel Osborne, and her partner, Ian Robinson, uh, who's an American dancer. They are here right now rehearsing with Sydney Dance Company who are learning this work. Um, so I, I just think the depth of collaboration just shows, you know, how you can twist and turn to, to get yeah. these really rich outcomes. Yeah. Um, where I think 20 years ago it would have been like, oh, well, this company's touring here and our company's touring there yeah. and now we're seeing more meaningful collaboration. Yeah, and doing a circuit to other festivals. Are, are there going to be any streamed events? Yes, plenty of streamed events. Yeah. So several of the speakers' book corner gigs will be live streamed and uh, that'll, they'll be live streamed to Instagram, which mm-hmm. is terrific. Uh, Demo by Branch Nebula, which is a New South Wales physical theatre company. They have a great work directed by Lee Wilson and Mirabel Waters. And uh, it features BMXs and parkourists oh, and skateboarders. Yeah. That's playing in Parramatta yes. and that's free. And uh, one performance of demo will be live streamed. And uh, Thor is being live streamed on the Saturday. And we have a Thor cam. So during from 11am to 7.30, anyone around the world can log in right. and, um, and look at uh, the Thor cam and see what's happening on the ice. Mm. And uh, we also have an opera that's specifically been created right. and uh, streamed only for Sydney Festival at home. So it's it's the only way you can see the opera is to be at home. It's mm. exclusively in our digital program and it's called The Human Voice. Oh. It's written by Jean Cocteau, directed by Matthew Barclay and starring Lorena, uh, Lorena Gore from uh, Opera Australia, one of our principal wow. sopranos of Opera Australia. And it's about a jilted lover. She's on the telephone and it's this last encounter with her lover and it's a 45-minute short opera, and that's being shot as we speak, ready for the Sydney Festival um, at-home on-demand program from the first day of the festival on the 6th of January. Oh, wow. That is so exciting. I can't wait to see that. That sounds terrific. So um, there are a number of free events, and it is quite across Sydney. One of them I saw was Bidwell Fun Park. Now, wow, this is that's so terrific to spread out, not just... Parramatta, but further and further, and Campbelltown, you know, tell me a little bit of those sort of outside area works. Yeah, absolutely. So this year's festival, as you said earlier, we have 133 events, but we are right across Greater Sydney, whereas yeah. south is Cronulla, yeah. whereas west is Penrith, uh, we're in Bankstown, Blacktown, Shula, Campbelltown, Parramatta, we, we go to Mossman, we go to Manly, we're in Moore Park, and of course, right throughout the inner west in Sydney CBD. Mm. Uh, in terms of free events, I'll, I'll just list a couple that I think yeah. are great for, um, for families yeah. and, and, and those that are interested in physical theatre. Obviously free, we have the Airship Orchestra down at Tumbalong Park, which is this beautiful uh, collection of otherworldly creatures, these austral beings, if you like, that are six, de- uh, six metres tall, some of them. And um, as you wander through the creatures, there's little LED sensors in their eyes that emit all these sounds. So as you wander through the creatures, this sort of orchestra erupts, uh, motion censored by audiences walking in and amongst them. And that they illuminate at night too. So as a hot tip, the best time to go down would be around dusk, you know, around 7.30, 8 o'clock. But, but they're a different colour in the day. So it, it looks equally just as, as great, yeah. but um, it is an experience. If you happen to be in Darling Harbour, then go and check out the Construct, which will be there. 
uh, which is a um, 30 minute circus work by Circus Monoxide, who were a regional yeah. New South Wales circus company directed by Sebastian Hunter with eight acrobats. The wow. construct is playing in Cronulla, Darling Harbour and Parramatta. Um, if we go to Kashula Powerhouse, we have the West Ball, which is this absolutely awesome voguing ball. Uh, Kashula Powerhouse and the West Ball, I would have to say it's one of the hottest West Balls in the country, uh, if not the Southern Hemisphere, and it sells out every year. And um, we're live streaming the West Ball as part of our digital program. So if you miss out on a ticket at Kashula, you can watch it from home in your living room. Or if you're lucky enough, you can score a ticket to the Bearded Tit in Redfern. And we're also live streaming it there. Mm. And um, four of the original ballroom and voguing dancers from New York who invented this style are actually flying out from New York to be part of the West Ball, wow. sponsored by Calvin Klein, Absolute Vodka and, and Akon. Okay. So um, that's it, Kashula. So it's a ball. It's like a type of dance, West Ball. I was like, oh, and there's okay. 13 categories. Like uh, there's there's um, there's a category for face, category for like you know six inch heels, category category for kicks and tricks. Oh, like terrific. it really is amazing. <laughs> um, and 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 led by our, our queer community in Western Sydney and also our BIPOC community. So look, we we couldn't be prouder to have West Ball in the program, and it's on the 29th of January, and it's going to be an absolutely top night. So um, if, as I said, if you can get a ticket, yeah. get in quick. Yeah. Otherwise, head to the bearded tit or watch it at home. <laughs> you can have a, a West Ball viewing party at home. Terrific. Uh, in Bankstown, we've got the Bindi Bosses, these fierce women, with, um, you know, celebrating contemporary Indian dance. And I know the Bindi Bosses will be a big hit. And uh, there's two performances mm. by them. There's also Bankstown Poetry Slam. There's yeah. Jaxa Jam. Uh, Way has curated uh, an exhibition of work by young Chinese-Australian visual artists as a collaboration with the University of Western Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, over in Blacktown, we've got The Last Shot by Troy Russell. And uh, that's also a cabaret, so, you know, our um, beautiful Aboriginal artist, Troy Russell, who's an incredible musician and singer-songwriter. And whilst you're there, Fun Park in Bidwell, which is a a whole series of dance workshops and uh, visual art projections on the viaduct Mm. of one of the bridges there. It's it's such a great weekend. Mm. So to check out everything happening at Fun Park in Parramatta, we have the Cat Empire in Parramatta Park. Excellent. Uh, which is their final <laughs> farewell tour of the band in their original formation. Wow. Sydney Symphony, free, in Parramatta Park. And um, as I mentioned earlier, demo and the construct. In terms of free events, we also have a really big program at Riverside Theatre that's ticketed. Mm. Uh, Seven Methods of Killing Kylie Jenner. Mm. Uh, we have Rich Kids, A History of Shopping Malls in Tehran and Things Hidden by Iranian wow. British artist Javad Ali Poor, who's currently in residence here. <sighs> from Manchester. Jeez. And then over at Campbelltown, we have Khaled Sabsabi's A Hope, beautiful exhibition, uh, and, and the next in Khaled's series of works. We also have Martin Delamo and Miranda Ween um, performing Mirage to the to the music of postmodern choreographer Morton Feldman. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot going on um, in and around Western Sydney, yeah. South of Sydney in the north, and um, and a lot of free events. In, in Mosman and Manly, we're doing a, a talk series with uh, Cassie McCulloch um, called Destination Sydney in the Natural World and we're hearing from three different uh, female visual artists who are part of that exhibition and we're live streaming that to our Sydney Festival at Home page free for, for audiences at home. Ah, and there are some return um, well new works for example uh, the set piece which was the second woman um, creators are back and they did that um what do you call it? Endurance work 
durational so what is set piece is it also durational it, uh it's, it's not durational like the second woman which obviously was a huge hit and played at bam at the brooklyn academy of music in new york so that's so exciting for nat randall and anna bracken yeah. and we're absolutely thrilled to be collaborating with um nat and anna and of course the performance space and the carriage works to mm. present set piece it's a 90 minute work and it's around a um two two queer couples at a dinner party and, you know, Nat and Anna said it's a lesbian dinner party and, and two couples are there and, and you see the night unfold in three different ways. Oh. You know, in film there's that technique of looping and each time you loop the narrative it loops slightly differently. Yeah. And so what's so inventive around this is this connection between digital technology and live performance and devised text. And, and, and movement direction mm. and um, watching how the play loops three times. The audience is sitting in traverse, so that means they're sitting on either side of yeah. the stage and there's a lot of, um, several of the crew have got uh, cameras that they're operating and they're kind of like just as much part of the play as the artists themselves. So as an audience, you're watching the play live on stage, but you're also seeing parts of the play on screens that are facing you. Yeah. So, when, when two of the actors might disappear into the bathroom or they disappear into the kitchen or they're sitting in the lounge room, it's the smaller detail of, of where the other two actors are that appears on the screen. So you get the medium of, of stage and, and the naked eye looking at the actor on stage, but you also get the medium of the actors on the screen. So you get both. And um, it's, it's different to Dorian Gray that was recently presented by Sydney Theatre Company but it is in that same world where you're combining the two technologies of live theatre and, and film. And uh, it's something that Nat and Anna do so brilliantly well. I've seen an early rehearsal and I find that the looping and the way the actors handle that and where the plot goes on, on the three different loops, um, it's just so clever. So that's definitely on, on the list for, for listeners. Do not miss. Yeah, yeah. Another one. That looks really terrific is Green Park and it's a perfect setting. So it's the park that's near St. Vincent's Hospital. It's a date, right? It's just, is it, it sounds so simple, but so perfect, likely set. It, it is. And so one of our strategies with the festival because of COVID was to do a lot more plays outdoors. So we have two plays outside. The first one is Small Metal Objects in front of Customs House by Back to Back Theatre. And then, of course, Green Park which is um, produced by Griffin Theatre and it's been presented in Green Park in Darlinghurst right next to the wall. It's uh, written by a new playwright, Elias Jamison-Brown, and the, 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 the plot of Green Park is an unlikely grinder hookup between an older gentleman who's sort of baby boomer, late Gen X, and, and a young Gen Z, not even a millennial, a young Gen Z who's 2021, 20, and they hook up on Grinder, and it's just this, um, they, they meet on a park bench in Green Park and all the audience is sitting on picnic blankets in Green Park wearing headphones and um, all the dialogue is being fed through the headphones that you're wearing. Because you're out in public, obviously um, it, it's much better to experience the play that way. The, act, the two actors are mic'd and they just sort of walk through the park, sit down and start talking to each other and, um, and the play takes off. And it, it's really irreverent, it's funny, it's, it's meaningful, it's, it's very cleverly done and um, truthfully... Green Park had a small season earlier this year in March as part of Griffin's 2021 program and it sold out immediately. There was such demand. I think it sold out the day after it opened and, and Declan Green, the new formidable artistic director, they got in touch and said, this, this deserves another outing. We both agreed it's just so, so perfect for Sydney. So we're thrilled to play a part in bringing it back. 
It's so smart to do it that way too. That is perfect. Um, one last one because we're going to run out of time. There's all the stuff with botanic gardens as well with um, Earth. But um, there's also Bangara are back with their now final of Stephen Page's work, Would Young Not the Past? Exactly. So just on the botanic gardens, the um, prehistoric picnic will be a wonderful thing for families to do. We have performances at 9am in the morning and then later at midday and the prehistoric picnic, we've never seen Earth. And, and their prehistoric creatures, including the T-Rex and, and all the dinosaurs we know and love, we've never seen them outdoors in that scale, you know, um, appearing and emerging out of the gardens. And so they'll play both in Sydney and in um, Parramatta at the Botanic Gardens there, which is fantastic. So all across Greater Sydney, people can access the dinosaur picnic. And then, of course, Wujang, not the past, this extraordinary commission, the biggest work of Stephen Page's to date, um, with collaboration from Alana Valentine in terms of the dramaturgy, there's, uh, you know, live musicians on stage and, and the full force of the Bangara Dance Theatre dancers. And um, you know, this is uh, really, this is going to be a work to behold. And it's around um, looking after the, looking after the spirit of your ancestors and looking after the stories that they've shared with you and down that generational line. And, um, you know, two workmen discover the remains of a skeleton on a work site from Yukonbeer country, and they realise it's the remains of, um, of, of one of their uh, very important ancestors who, who had um, so many stories that um, the Yukonbeer people should absolutely look after and bestow and, um, and, and pass down the line for generations to come, and it's how that manifests. It's at the Rosalind Packer Theatre, and now that um, Stephen has announced that he'll be stepping down from Bangara at the end of next year, it's, 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 you know, your last chance to see another big commission, the biggest, most epic scale commission of Stevens today. So I'm also going to say that Wujang Not the Past is a do not miss. And there's a there's something happening at the Andrew Boyd Charlton. Yes, yeah, so um, really exciting. We have gigs in the pool, Leon Vinehall, a submersive study. And so um, over three nights, audiences are encouraged to jump in the Andrew Boyd Charlton pool. You've got to get a ticket, of course. You can't just um, water bomb in, but um, get yourself a ticket. And we're all going to float with our ears underwater and listen to this electronic music concert. And it's designed specifically for that. Um, look, we are super pumped about this gig. I think that gigs in the pool and animating plays in parks, that's what a festival's all about, is bringing art and summer to unusual places and, and, and allowing Sydney siders to rediscover their city differently. So, um, yeah, Grab yourself a ticket to Leon Vinehall if you can. Uh, it'll it'll be a fantastic night. Look, I can't wait, and I think it's a great uh, necessary thing for our state of mind, the arts and the festival, and the ways that, you know, addressing opportunities to see it in some way or another is terrific. Olivia Ansel, thank you so much for those sort of tips. Um, there's so many more to catch online on the site. Olivia Ansel, thank you so much. You've got uh, your hands full. Good luck with the festival. Wouldn't have it any other way and uh, hope to see you at the festival in January. And that was Olivia Ansel there. Get online and get to see the Sydney Festival events. So many options, so many things to choose from.